Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Senior Pastor Reverend Dale Cohen. November 7th, 2021, All Saints Day. Welcome to the First Words podcast of First United Methodist Church in Florence, Alabama. I'm Dale Cohen, and it's my privilege to be with you as this week we're going to be observing All Saints Day. Uh, All Saints is an observance in the Christian church where uh, all those who have died from among the membership of our congregation are memorialized in a service, uh, as well as all the saints of the church. Uh, Many of the saints have individual days throughout the year, um, but since there are more than 365 saints, um, thus they created the All Saints Observance and will be a part of that this week in our congregation. I want to use a reading from John's Gospel, the 11th chapter, verses 32 through 44. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And she's referring to her brother Lazarus. When Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the word of God. For the people of God, thanks be to God. We all know what a saint is, don't we? A saint is somebody who died and whose life is still making an impact. Or it could be somebody who loves God so sincerely we aspire to their faithfulness. Then there's another kind of saint. It's somebody married to a mean and spiteful person who manages to put up with their spouse's embarrassing behavior, and act as if it's a joy to be in a relationship with such a horrible person. We say that person is truly a saint. Although these descriptions are valid at some level, there's a more profound truth that I want you to internalize. You are a saint. You are a saint not because of what you do, but because of who you are. You're a beloved child of God, And our Heavenly Father delights in everything about you. Indeed, there are things in you that could be better, and we'd love to work with you on that. However, 
God counts you among his favorite people. He considers me and everybody else here among his favorites too, but that's beside the point. I want the truth of God's love for you to sink in, you blessed saint of God. The people that we're here to memorialize today are God's beloved children too. Each of these dearly departed saints is a mix of good and evil, light and darkness, joy and sadness, hope and despair, and we miss them. Their absence shapes our lives in many ways. I love John Irving's reflection from his book, A Prayer for Owen Meany. When someone you love dies, you don't lose her all at once. You lose her in pieces over a long time, the way the mail stops coming, and her scent fades from the pillows and even from the clothes in her closet and drawers. Gradually, you accumulate the parts of her that are gone. Just when the day comes, when there's a particular missing part that overwhelms you with the feeling that she's gone forever, there comes another day and another specifically missing part. We hold stories about each of the saints that we remember today, stories about funny things they said, times they helped us face challenges or projects they completed. We remember feelings they caused us to feel or dreams they inspired within us. We recall the difficult things about them and quickly dart to more pleasant thoughts. We laugh, cry, and grow silent as we consider what life will be like without them here among us. In our gospel reading, when Jesus finally arrives at Lazarus's home in Bethany, he discovers Lazarus is dead and already buried. Mary and Martha were angry because Jesus didn't immediately come when they sent word about Lazarus's illness. Scripture says, When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary was right. If only Jesus had shown up earlier, he could have saved her brother. Everyone in the crowd agreed, and some of the mourners asked the question, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Part of our struggle is that we don't know what to do with our grief. Often in the face of death, we want to know why God doesn't show up to spare us from the pain and the suffering that overwhelms us. If only Jesus had healed my loved one. If only Jesus had prevented that accident. If only, if only. My dad died in February of 2007. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I woke up and I was getting ready for a busy day when I received an urgent call from my mom telling me my dad had taken a turn for the worse. I called my office to ask them to cancel some appointments and made my way to Careway Methodist Medical Center to be with my dad in his last moments. I remember helplessly standing with my family at his bedside as he lay dying. When my dad died, my mind and body melted into numbness and nothingness. My muscle memory took over 
as I instinctively went through the motions, attending to whatever needed addressing at the time. An emptiness grew inside me that I feared would swallow me. Finally, I just had to leave my father's room and find a quiet space where I could be alone. I sank into a chair and I began sobbing as my heart broke with grief. My dad was gone and there was nothing I could do to change that reality. What I was feeling was a combination of sadness and anger. Although I still grieve my father's death, I find myself celebrating his life and his influence on me more and more. Grief is a necessary emotion we must endure when a loved one dies. We see Jesus grieving over the death of his friend Lazarus. When Mary expressed her anger toward Jesus about not getting there soon enough, John says Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. At least that's the way it is in the New Revised Standard Version. The Greek more accurately states it this way, Jesus shuddered with sadness. I can imagine that his whole body shook with brokenness, just like mine did when my father died. Even though Jesus knew he was going to bring Lazarus back to life, his heart still broke in the face of death. He needed to grieve what was lost. The scripture continues. Then Jesus came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Martha is in character here. Remember her concern about getting dinner prepared for one of Jesus' previous visits to their house? while Mary sat idly at his feet, listening to him teach. Mary was the dreamer. Martha was the pragmatist. So, of course, Martha is worried about opening the tomb, knowing the experience will be unpleasant because of the smell. She knows death stinks. It leads to grief, and grief is convoluted, messy, and hard to deal with. If Jesus had shown up earlier and cured Lazarus, they wouldn't be facing this mess. But Jesus still had a point to make, so he continued with his lesson. The scripture says, So they took away the stone, and Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. After grieving the death of Lazarus, Jesus turned his attention to the future. He knew that Lazarus's condition was temporary because death never has the final word. When Jesus issued the command to unbind him, we think Jesus was telling the people to remove the burial cloth wrapping Lazarus. In fact, his directive was to death itself, telling death to let go of Lazarus, just as he's telling death 
to let go of our loved ones. Death is not the end. It cannot contain us. Death is a new beginning. I love the way Natalie Sleeth expresses this point in the third verse of the hymn of promise. In our end is our beginning, in our time infinity, in our doubt there is believing, in our life eternity, in our death a resurrection, at the last a victory, unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. In confronting death, whether it's the death of a loved one or facing our own mortality, we get lost in focusing on grief, fear, and separation. Yet, God sees something else in death. God sees that in dying, we are born to something new, something beautiful, something victorious. Death is a passage to new life. In our end is our beginning. It's not what it seems. When I began this message, I emphasized that you too are a saint. I suspect many of you started to think of all the ways you aren't a saint, dismissing what I was saying. In the same way, God sees death in new ways that are difficult for us to see. God also sees us in ways that may be difficult for us to recognize too. We're all saints. We're all loved by God, and today we celebrate those saints who have left us, but we also celebrate the saints we are and the saints we are becoming. We may need to die to an old way of thinking about ourselves to discover something new and better. In our end is our beginning, unrevealed until its season, something God alone can see. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to be with you a little bit today, and I hope and pray uh, that God continues to bless your life and lead you on your spiritual journey to a place where you find peace and joy. Amen. Thank you for listening to First Words. For information about our services or how to get involved in the community, visit us at fumcflorence.org and on facebook.com slash florencefumc.org.